Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? I'm your host, BJ, along with my co-host, Me Too, and this week we're watching the new sitcom, The Cool Kids. So stay tuned to the end to see whether BJ would let me sit at his cool kids table. The answer is very obvious. Yes. So, me too. Why don't you recap <laughs> this episode of The Cool Kids? Sure. So, we open up with Charlie, Sid, and Hank, played by Martin Mull, Leslie Jordan, and David Allen Greer, already mm-hmm. kings of comedy. We open up with them commemorating their friend Jerry, who it's clear that they've had some rowdy times with him, and the four of them essentially ran that retirement home. Or at least they think they did. They perceive themselves as the cool kids. And so they sit down thinking, all right, who are we going to bring in as our fourth guy? Jerry has passed away. Who's going to round out this rat pack of guys? And Vicky Lawrence sits down at the table in a Vegas shirt and a big old attitude. Um, Her character's name is Margaret. And basically the entire plot revolves around her getting them into hijinks and winning them over with Hank being the last holdout on becoming the fourth member of this Cool Kids crew. And what's interesting about this show is it's a multicam in front of a studio audience, but it still has some pretty raunchy jokes in there because it's from the people that brought us It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So I almost expected a little bit more inappropriate comedy, but I think at some point it's a it's still a Fox comedy in front of an audience. So... What did you think about it? I thought some of the jokes were funny. <laughs> Honestly, compared to some of the comedies we've seen lately, this was funnier. <laughs> Even the single cams. I feel like I always automatically assume a multicam is not as funny. But of all the pilots we reviewed, this definitely got this got quite a few laughs out of me. Mm-hmm. There were some jokes I didn't really like. I don't like jokes about dementia. But you yeah, know, I get where they were coming from with the whole retirement community scene. But I do like the chemistry between the three guys, Charlie, Hank, and Sid. I think they were a believable trio of friends. And Margaret is definitely shaking things up in that kind of... shaking the table. She has the whole, I don't really care what you think attitude, Mm -hmm. which is cool to watch on the outside. But if you ever met someone like that, they're like the worst people to deal with. Oh, I was just talking about this with another friend of mine. I mean, it feels meaner to say because it's not about a character, but it's about a reality TV show. So it's like a real person, even if they're hamming up their personality. But we were talking about the Braxtons and how much we love, like how messy that show is and how messy their sit down with Ian Levanzan is about to be. But would I want to know any of those people personally? No, it's, it feels like they would be draining. Yeah, in my opinion, I would not want to deal with Margaret at all. Fair. I understand Hank's frustrations. <laughs> He's such an old man. I get why Sid had fun talking to her, but seeing her behavior. So here's some examples, listeners. Mm-hmm. She had them steal a car. I don't think they were above that. They pl- went along with it, yes. yes. But it was an unexpected plan where she knowingly withheld that information until someone asked. True, but they tried to steal their dead friend's credit card to buy a keg. Yes. So I think <laughs> I think the threshold <laughs> is basement. 
Then she raids them and threw a party trying to use Mm -hmm. the same dead friend's credit card. Yeah, she certainly did. So, I don't know. I feel like she would be the type of person who would push my buttons. But this is enough about how I feel about a fictional character. Yes. I think her dynamics work well on the show. I think, I know, you're like really railing on her. I do not like Margaret, and I swear she is not invited around here. Seriously. No, I think, I actually like her. I think me at this age, it might be draining, but maybe me at... I think the median age of the cast is around 66. Me at like 66, you know, maybe she'll keep me young. That's a good point. Maybe in a retirement home, you do need some kind of... Some pizzazz. Yeah, something to just keep things fresh and keep you on your toes. I used to, in college, volunteer at this retirement home near campus every Saturday and play bingo with them. I did that in high school. Oh! love that we share that a lot of their personalities were kind of similar to this crew like one woman kept making me repeat numbers to her because she'd be like oh baby i can't hear whatever and then this other woman would be like don't help her she's just pretending like she just needs time to cheat or something like they were really getting at each other and then another woman pretended she like couldn't read or really couldn't see the board that well but then that same one was like no no no, she's pretending she can't see she's just lazy she wants you to like you know, stamp the numbers for her or whatever. So there was a lot of, I mean, they truly had me laughing for three hours every Saturday morning that I went. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of drama that goes on in those settings. A lot of drums. Even this show is described as high school with 70 somethings. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Because if you think about it, I think it's natural for humans to revert to those base instincts to form a tribe of people that you're comfortable with, especially when you're in a new setting. I definitely Mm -hmm. saw that at the retirement home I volunteered at. Like there were cliques. In high school, that's also very survival. There are cliques. But yeah, I think it's natural for people to want to find their tribe. Yeah. And we also learn on a more serious note that a lot of these characters... Well, we only really learn about, I think, Hank and Charlie, that they are disconnected from their family. Yes. So Hank no longer has his wife in his life. And Charlie's family maybe sent him to this retirement community under the presumption that he has to be there. Yeah, he thought he was like mandated to be there and then learned from Allison, who's the community director. And I hope we see more of her. And the actress's name is Artemis, and she's the VP from Scandal, and she's been on a ton of episodes of It's Always Always Sunny, too. But yeah, they convinced Charlie, who's also in Veep, so another political show, that he's supposed to be there. And he finds out from the retirement director that it's voluntary, and that was sad. Would you voluntarily live in a retirement community, or would you like try to live with your children? I am African, so always with the family. But there's this long-form BuzzFeed piece from... I can't remember how recent it is. It's at least within the last couple of years. And it's about this extremely expensive retirement community in Florida. And there's like tiers to your experience. Ooh. I can't remember if they have their own currency or if they have like almost like a flex points or like a student, almost like a college ID card where you can like get money. But they have their own like bars restaurants, movie theaters, malls, stores, like truly anything you could think of and then some within that community and a big old wall that I think some people in the community protested. So they took that down because they were like, we don't really want (laughs) to... 
<laughs> That's a little too far. The, yeah. <laughs> like, we get it, but uh-uh. And they even have their own newspaper, and they have, like, constituencies. Oh. So I feel like something like that, if I can remember correctly, that community uh, obviously devolved into, when you get into exclusive circles like that, a little bit of homophobia and racism. So maybe not that specifically that one for me, but I bet it could be fun. I remember one of my friends telling me that her parents at, like, 55 or like really young voluntarily mm. live in like a retirement community now and they have like a condo and they have friends and they just like all the different activities there yeah they do offer a lot of convenience and amenities and easy access to practical things like shopping doctors yeah <laughs> so i can see why someone would want to live there would you want to live uh, in one mm. i mean it's hard we're both 27 so it's hard to think about right now i would like to be well off enough that i can live independently and have someone come check on me every day yeah that's my dream but we'll see i'll see what happens to you i'll be okay that's trifling don't put that juju on me like jerry's urn oh can we talk about that yes i was sad you were laughing well (laughs) because because i just see david allen greer's face and just start laughing Like, that man is so funny to me. So in the show, Hank is freaking out about Jerry's body being cremated because he goes on this somewhat strange uh, soliloquy about how Irish people don't like to be cremated and they want their bodies shown in bars. Um, It was a little bit weird, but they get to the crematorium and the funeral home and he accidentally drops (laughs) Jerry's ashes in the urn and it was sad but after this scene you see them carrying the urn later on and it's like hot glued together and duct taped it's just wild i wonder how they picked up all the ashes uh i don't think you can get all the ashes out well not every single i assume you use a fresh bag dirt buster or whatever those things are called (laughs) dirt devil and then you're gonna vacuum up jerry I feel like that's how you'd have to do it, right? I don't know. Like a fresh bag, vacuum them up, and then empty them into that urn that y'all were too cheap to buy another one, so you hot glued the OG one back together. You know what? After I drop your urn, I'm going to buy a new vacuum just for you, and that'll be your new urn, so I'll make sure every mm. particle I'm going to outlive there. you just for that line. <laughs> Ooh, you going to remember this until you can't. It's going to be a nice Dyson, you know, the really expensive vacuum. That's actually, that's very nice for you to spring for that. For that one time use. Yeah, that's that's indicative of how much you care. Something like that. <sighs> okay, so I thought this show was really funny. I tweeted, and David Allen Greer liked my tweet, that it felt like a master class in comedy and timing. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like they were able to kind of subvert the general thinking that comes with multicam shows that they're not that funny because these four people are such seasoned veterans of comedy that Mm -hmm. i was really laughing i don't know what did you feed from their chemistry i think it's clear that they are all seasoned comedians because one of the important things about comedy is timing Mm -hmm. and i think they had really good timing and that's why their jokes landed so it's like that's also a combination of the writing but also their ability to portray the joke at a good pace, at the right moment, how they're expressing it. There's a lot of small things that all need to come together to make a funny show and to make a joke work. And I think they, all of them were able to accomplish that. Yeah, I feel like they took 
even the corniest of sitcom jokes and just landed them so well that Mm -hmm. I still laughed. And I don't think I would have necessarily laughed at these jokes if other people delivered them. Right. I don't think... Yeah, I think it's more than just the writing. You need these actors to be able to get it to land. And I'm wondering if the creator had a role in that. You said you were familiar with Charlie Day's previous work. Yeah. So this comes from the team of Charlie Day, Glenn Howerton, and Rob McElhenney. McElhenney? Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce this name. But it comes from the... And Rob is like the cutest one to me. But it comes from the three guys that brought us It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a very funny but very, very raunchy single cam comedy feeling uh, featuring the three of them, Kate Olsen and Danny DeVito. And so that's why I was surprised that the show wasn't wasn't raunchier because one episode was the gang tries crack and there's a whole episode oh. that twins just get hooked on crack. But they do take such dark subjects and they make it so funny. So maybe they picked something that people are kind of scared of, like aging and... Mm-hmm end-of-life stuff, and they're making it funny with this show. Yeah, and I think because this is on Fox instead of FX, which I believe Always Sunny in Philadelphia was on, Yeah, they had to tone down some of the raunchiness a little bit. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But they could still go with the same vibes, just broader audience-friendly. Although the Mick was on Fox, and that was really raunchy, but it wasn't a multicam. And it was canceled, mm. even though it was so good. The star of the Mick is on It's Always Sunny, and her husband is one of the creators of the show and one of the mm. creators of Cool Kids. That was a funny show. Ugh, the Mick was so good. R.I.P. to that show. She even won a Golden Globe for it, I believe. Okay, me too. Let's wrap up this episode and head to our ratings. So what would you rate the Cool Kids? I would rate the Cool Kids a uh, would watch again casually, I don't think mm. I don't think you have to see this episode as soon as it comes like these shows as soon as they come out or watch them sequentially. But these comedians are, you know, Vicki Lawrence, like what is that show called? Mama's Family, David Allen Greer, Leslie Jordan, Martin Mull from everything. It's just these are such legends and the show is funny. I would recommend at least watching it just casually, mm-hmm. you know, whenever it comes on. Yeah. What about you? I would recommend everyone watch the pilot. I do think it's funny enough that it's worth watching that. And then I would try to find a friend. Like I have you who will watch it casually. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for you to say, oh, episode three is really good. And then I'll just watch that episode. So this is a new rating. I would wait for a friend to recommend specific episodes to watch. So you're recommending that people find a chump and you waste their time in order to to determine whether you would like to spend your precious, precious time watching this show. That is such a negative perspective. I like to think of it as... not saying no. I think people should find a friend whose opinion they value, who can give an honest critique on the series, (laughs) and then select the best episodes for you to enjoy. Honestly... It, it's so sad that you're better at twisting words 
and thinking on your feet than a future Supreme Court justice we just watched testify yesterday. So that was my rating. All right, Beach, tell them where they can find us. You can find more episodes at thepilotpodcast.com and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And please leave us a rating and review. It means a lot. Specifically, a five-star rating, please. That's where we gather our self-worth. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send us cool kids theories. Ooh, what you think would make up a perfect table of cool kids. I'm curious about that composition. And whether you think BJ or I are cool kids, to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.